0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: You're listening to the upper hand fantasy podcast. Now here's your host Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. All right, let's move on to running back. Christian McCaffrey at number one, uh, Derek Henry at number two against Houston. Derrick Henry's last, like, several games against Houston have just been crazy. He's just been running all over them. So, <laughs> said, like, yeah. if I had Derrick Henry, I'd be very excited <laughs> this week. Yeah. Um, and Josh Jacobs at number three in Pittsburgh. Um, so, are you? do you not like Josh Jacobs as much this week? I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts.
2: Yeah, I'm not a humongous fan of Josh Jacobs this week. Maybe I uh, see we have him at three, but just looking at the guys beneath him, Austin Eckler and Tony Pollard, Austin Eckler has a fantastic matchup. And the top of the running back ranks are kind of loaded with good matchups. But this is a Colts team that's allowing the most fantasy points to running backs over the last four weeks and the fifth most on the year. I like him as um, one of the top guys this week. The matchup makes him a top three option, which I would move Josh Jacobs out of. But the thing about Josh Jacobs is over the past four weeks, over the season, the Steelers have been allowing um, pretty many points to the running back position. But over the last four weeks, they've been allowing the fourth least to fantasy running backs this week, so um, per week. So I think that Josh Jacobs, after a game where, you know, they leaned on the pass game a little bit, you know, Darren Waller's back. I know the weather might be a little bit of a factor, but you have Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, these guys, Derek Carr has been playing pretty well. Um, they're going to give Josh Jacobs his touches, but I'm not sure against this defense right now. It seems like they've been coming on as as of late in the running game. I'm tempering expectations with him a little bit because they ran him into the ground a couple of weeks ago and they might take it easy on him in the cold. I'm not sure. We'll have to see. If it is cold, you know, they might use him a little bit more, but I, I think I've, Want to just temper expectations a little bit like Austin Eckler, I think is a clear pick over Josh Jacobs this week. And maybe even Tony Pollard. I have Josh Jacobs as my RB seven in my rankings right now, but that might be a little bit drastic.
1: Yeah. You know, Pittsburgh is going to be really, really cold uh, in this game. So, you know, keep that in mind, but it's nothing that would really, you know, make a whole lot of difference in terms of fantasy uh, because the winds aren't that crazy. I think it's only 10 to 15 miles per hour uh, in that game. So, yeah, no, I hear you, man. Um, I think, you know, the week before, you know, the Ravens offense in terms of the running game against the Steelers was – they were really efficient, you know? Right. And the week before that, Atlanta was pretty efficient against them too. So, you know, I think it just so happened that, you know, the the Steelers just were, were like, you know, against the Panthers, they know what their identity is, and mm-hmm. they just basically was like, yo, we're not letting you run the ball. We're going to make Sam Darnold beat us, right. uh, and they didn't. Um, that's kind of how I see it. Now, one of the other reasons why I would normally have – Austin Eckler at ahead of Josh Jacobs. And I would have had him this week. And I did have him over uh, Josh Jacobs this week, but Eckler did have a shoulder injury uh, in that game this past week. And he got tested on that yesterday. It came back negative. He's all good, but it could be bothering him a little bit and it's possible that That Josh Kelly sees a little bit uh, more work in that backfield with Echo not playing as many snaps as he does, maybe around fifty percent. He's still going to get a ton of work. That's why I still have him at number four here. Uh, But if I had to choose between these two guys, that's the reason why I'm going Josh Jacobs. Yeah. Um, And as far as Tony Pollard goes, uh, you know, I think you know this is a a matchup like Pollard is like you have to play him every single week because of the ceiling that he provides. Um, And you know, if Gardner Minshew can't Get that offense going. Pollard can potentially get a ton of work, and you know, see, see, you know, it's tough to predict games here with the Cowboys these days (laughs) because, (laughs) like, over the last couple weeks, the Cowboys, you know, have been playing to the level of competition that they've been against. Uh, So, this is going to be a good. I think this is going to be a good game, regardless of who the quarterback is. um, Mm -hmm. You know, for the Eagles, and you know, they're talking about Jalen Hurts might play this and that. I just think that's all gamesmanship. I think he's not going to play in this game. Not going to play. You know, but you know, in order for the Cowboys. To spend resources and time on, you know, what if Jalen Hurts plays? That's the reason why they're they're not going to just rule him out today. That wouldn't make any sense. Right. Um, you want to make your opponent, you know, do as much unnecessary work as possible because uh, yeah. there's only a finite amount of time to prepare. Uh, so yeah, no, I can see that. Uh, I, I I can totally I can totally get behind that. Um, so Ramadre Stevenson at six. I got Saquon at seven. Dalvin Cook at eight. Um, I got Jerick McKinnon. Yeah. At number nine this week. Um, I think he which,
2: belongs up here this week. One oh, hundred. There you go. There you go.
1: And, you know, <laughs> it's one of those things where, you know, coming into last week, you know, there was no way that I was going to play Jarek McKinnon as somebody who, you know, I knew that he was going to get it done. Even though he finishes the RB1 in week yeah. 14. Coming into week 15, you know, that was a fluky week for me. Week 14 was a fluky week for me. However, yeah. going into week 15, his route participation went up big time. Not only that, but also he had two straight games of eating into Isaiah Pacheco's workload on the ground even more, right? Not the fact that he produced on the ground, but the fact that his running back rushing share went up to 40%, and Pacheco fumbled in that game. So McKinnon is looking like the preferred option in this backfield at this point, complete flip-flop right now. Pacheco, I still have him, I think, in the top 20, something like that, Uh, but McKinnon, somebody that is literally like he's a must start. Like I have to have him in my lineup this week especially in such a good matchup against the Seahawks.
2: Yeah, this is going to be I think another big game for McKinnon. He might not be the RB1. I still think that there's a level of flukiness to this performance, you know, two straight 30-point weeks. You can't really expect that out of anybody except maybe, you know, no. the top guys like Christian McCaffrey and receivers like DeVonta Adams. But Jerk McKinnon has been getting a receivers workload at the running back position and like you said, plus the running back workload, part of the running back workload in the Chiefs backfield that Isaiah Pacheco had a grip on you know a couple weeks ago so he's coming on in both phases it looks like Patrick Mahomes trusts him and he's showing you know that he's one of the good pass catching running backs in in the league and we knew that going into it but we hadn't seen this type of workload he's taking full advantage of it so I like McKinnon in this matchup I think it's going to be a shootout against Seattle um it it could they could this could be a really good game maybe I don't want to say game of the year but in terms of scoring there could be a whole lot because both of these defenses allow some points and Seattle's fighting for its life, you know, in the playoffs against the Chiefs. I love the opportunity for Jarek McKinnon this week. I, I don't think I'd be surprised if he settled into the top five, six again this week, um, the way he's been playing.
1: Yeah, no, I'm with you, man. Um, you know, and and you know, Ramondre does have a tough matchup against Cincinnati, uh, but right. it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's going to get a full workout this group. week. He, yeah, he's going to be limited in practice all week probably because of that ankle injury. Um, right, but that's good you want him to get ready for that game and not have to overwork during practice this week. Um, So, so don't worry about him not practicing uh, in full this week. And, you know, Saquon, you know, he looked really good last week uh, and has a matchup against Minnesota where they've been giving up a ton of fantasy points to running backs. Uh, So, uh, so yeah, he might not get it done and be efficient in the pass in the running game because Minnesota has been pretty good on a yards per carry basis, but uh, they've just been giving up points because a lot of te- a lot of these running backs are getting close to the goal line and punching it in uh, in right. both the running game and the passing game.
2: Uh, I, just one thing before you know, I think maybe I might put Dalvin Cook over Saquon Barkley, and I don't want to like overreact too much to the matchup. But the last time we saw saw the Giants play against a really good team like the Eagles. Um, they got blown out. And Saquon, you know, he didn't have to do a whole lot. The game script wasn't favoring him. So I'm not sure if I like his upside over Dalvin Cook this week, especially if the Vikings would go up. I think Dalvin Cook, the game script could lean into him getting some more carries towards the end of the game. And I I, kind of like Dalvin Cook a little bit more this week just because of that.
1: Yeah, no, I I hear you on that one. I I just, my only, my thing with Dalvin Cook, man, he's just not as involved in the passing game. Like, I know he had 95 receiving yards on that big, you know, that big play last week. but. Just not as involved in the passing game. That's my only thing. I think Saquon has a higher floor than him, you know, uh, but Dalvin Cook, you know, I, I agree. Uh, the ceiling for Dalvin Cook is definitely higher every single week. Yeah. Um, and, and just because of the and offense yes. he's on. Yeah. Yeah. And if he gets the workload, if he gets like 20 carries in this game, I can, I can complete, I, I would guess that Dalvin Cook will out rush Saquon this week, yeah. like in terms of rushing yards for sure. Right. Um, the thing about Dalvin hard, Cook
2: but... is we've seen him get those 20 carries and put up like nine points. <laughs> you know, where he doesn't, like I you know. said, that receiving workload doesn't come through. But I, I think I trust Dalvin Cook in this matchup this week against the Giants. Um, it should be a good game. I think the, the Vikings can pull away, probably.
1: I can see that. Uh, and then Nick Chubb, uh, they're also at home too the, in Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, Nick Chubb uh, against New Orleans. New Orleans has been letting up to running backs lately, dude. <laughs> like yeah. they've been giving up what? Like, uh, they've been they've been bad. Um, fourth <laughs> most fantasy points to running backs over the last four weeks. Um, and again, we talked about this Cleveland matchup, very windy, just a nasty game. Um, so Nick Chubb could potentially get a big workload and do his thing in this game. I think they're going to depend more on the run game this week, uh, in Cleveland.
2: Yeah. And we talked about this beginning of the show, you know, you talked about the weather It's definitely going to be a running type of day, you know, in this matchup. I think Nick Chubb, he has been pretty quiet the last few weeks, but I think they can get done. He had a hundred yards. No, last week. So that was kind of encouraging against a, a pretty good Ravens defense. They, they've been coming on um, towards the end of the season. You know, they've been, I think, overperforming for the talent that they have. But Nick Chubb, he, he should be able to get it done. This is where he's kind of been all season. We had him ranked a lot higher earlier when he was doing his thing with Jacoby Brissette in the center. The entire offense for Cleveland has kind of come down to earth with Deshaun Watson. Um, so I think having him here, here at 10 makes sense. Um, especially he, with the weather just, the way it is.
1: Yeah, he just hasn't been scoring. You know, that's three straight weeks of him, you know, without scoring a touchdown. But the, right. before that, you know, he had more touchdown than games played. Uh so th- <laughs> those touchdowns yeah. are going to be coming back in his favor. I think he ends up, you know, punching one in this week. Uh Aaron Jones in Miami. I like him this week. You know, him and AJ Dillon have been getting it done. Um, I think AJ Dillon's production has been a little bit fluky. He played less than forty percent of snaps this past week, and he ended up getting some some work in inside the ten yard line, and he ended up scoring. Um, mm-hmm. But Aaron Jones is still the guy. Um, Zeke against Philly, you know, he's been getting it done every single week. He can't stop scoring. Um, you know, he has that li- literally has that nose for the end zone. So he's yeah. gonna just just keep starting him. I was I was tempted to put him in my top ten, but I was like, listen, man, I can't I can't do it. The you know, only reason why is because he doesn't have the same type of ceiling. As a lot of these other guys do, like Nick Chubb and Aaron Jones. Um, So that's the reason why I have him here at 12.
2: He doesn't have the workload either. And although he does get, you know, a lot of carries, like Tony Pollard's getting the receiving work in Dallas for the most part. And Zeke, you know, I think he's hit like 14 or 15 carries, you know, the past few weeks. And having a touchdown every week on just 14 or 15 carries, I'd say that's just a little bit of overproduction. I think there's a chance we could see that kind of come back down to earth. I think against Philly, he will get in the end zone. He's historically been pretty good against Philly. Um, He eats pretty well. But I think having him here at 12 makes sense just because of that touchdown upside. And like I've called him, he's a new age, Jamal Williams, like that touchdown nose that you talk about has shifted from Detroit to Dallas. And it's with Zeke, you know, the veteran kind of taking those touches from the younger guy in Pollard. Um, It it makes sense. But um, I think, you know, both of these Cowboys running backs are really good starts and Zeke should be able to continue to get it done. I'm surprised we still have him here. I wouldn't have expected a couple weeks ago to see that Zeke is still hanging around in the top 12.
1: Yeah, are you kidding me? Like, I was so low on Zeke coming into the year. There's no way I would have thought I would have, had, have him anywhere near the top 12. Right. Um, I think,
2: what were we ranking him? Like, RB 25, 26, something like that? And that was something like that. That was without Pollard, you know, being a thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, we knew that Pollard was going to become a, uh, I, I think we had Zeke ranked above Pollard or, or maybe yeah. right around him before the season that, started. Yeah, that's what it was. Um but we have Kenneth Walker here at 13 against Kansas City. Uh, there's definitely going to be some clarity here because Kenneth Walker is going to play. Uh, he played last Thursday night. He had some ex- He's going to have some extra rest uh, against Kansas City. So, you know, I think he's back up to that, you know, near, you know, elite type of player where you're going to have to start him uh, against Kansas right. City. There's going to be a lot of scoring in this game. So Kenneth Walker can definitely get in on that. You know, Casey, you know, a little bit tough against running backs in terms of yards per carry. Uh, but, you know, it, if there's going to be scoring, if they're going to be moving the ball, you know, Kenneth Walker, uh, another guy knows for the end zone. Uh, he's somebody that it's very hard to bench. He was easy, you know, to bench last week if you had other options. But I think this week in a game that we think that should have a lot of scoring, he'll be fine. He did still play a 75 percent of snaps last week and he was a little bit more involved in the past game, too. That could be the case again, you know, this week, especially with Tyler Lockett out.
2: Yeah, that definitely could be the case. You know, you talk about that receiving workload. It could be something that we see more, like I said, with Tyler Lockett out. But the other thing that I'm looking at is, you know, we say he has a nose for the end zone, but he hasn't scored a touchdown the past two weeks. And before that, he had scored, let's see, six, seven, eight, nine, nine touchdowns over the last six games that he played before these last two weeks. So touchdown regression should be coming, I think, especially against the Chiefs defense. and not fantastic you know uh, they're not a bad matchup they're not a fantastic matchup either they're right in the middle of the pack you talk about the yards per carry but I think that the way that this game is going to go um, Kenneth Walker should be in line for at least a score whether it's going to be through the air or the ground uh, I think he's going to have a solid day
1: uh, I got James Connor at 14 against Tampa Bay uh, he's simply been getting it done lately my yep. only concern this week is is Trace McSorley going to be able uh, to move the ball uh, that's my only concern here. However, you know, I think he's still gonna be depending on Connor in the in the passing game. So I think Connor has a solid floor, you know, 10 to 15 point PPR floor. Uh, and he has room for a little bit of upside if he ends up scoring. You know, on that last drive where Connor ended up scoring last week, McSorley did lead that drive, uh, you know, and I think it was like six for seven, you know, and and was able to kind of lead them down the field. But, you know, obviously later in that game. I yeah. think James Connor's gonna be fine um this week. I just don't think he has enough uh you know, I don't think he's either as dependable this particular week only because of the quarterback uh downgrade.
2: Yeah, and even if the quarterback situation wasn't as bad as it was, I'm not sure how much higher I would be ranking James Conner. Like would you put him inside the top ten? Like I, I don't know. I would put him would
1: above I would put him above Zeke. Right. Uh if, if if um you know if uh, what's his name? Who was the other quarterback again? Was it Colt McCoy? Yeah, Colt McCoy. Yeah. If Colt McCoy was a quarterback, I would probably have him above Walker, above Zeke, just because uh, I think his his workload is that much more secure, um, and he has like nearly as much of a nose for the end zone as Zeke does, yeah. um. So yeah, I think I would have him as a low end uh, RB two this week yeah. if the, th- the quarterback situation was a little different.
2: The thing with James Conner, though, you're right. You know, I am concerned about the offense being able to move the ball. If the defense doesn't have to respect the passing game, you know, they're just going to be able to load the box against James Conner. It could be tough sledding for him as far as you know, an efficiency standpoint goes. Maybe they get down to the red zone and he punches in a touchdown. I think you're going to be depending on a touchdown this week. But like you said, the receiving work with Trace McSorley, our quarterback, assuming that's the case, he might be dumping it off to James Conner a couple of times this game. That should be enough to buoy him, like you said, with that 10-point floor. I don't think you have to worry about him in this matchup. And we actually liked him, I think, last week, too, because he's just been getting that workload that we like to see, that we expected to see all season
1: the The good thing about it is that I'm not as worried about, um, you know, them like stacking the box or anything, because like they, you still got a Hopkins to worry about, you still got a Hollywood to worry about, so like, they can't. I don't think they'll be able to do that. I know it's it's still Trace McSorley, but yeah. you got to defend those guys, uh, because they can, as you know, they can really, you know, put up some big plays. So that's 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 what James Conner has going for him at least. Um, yeah. Alvin Kamara, you know, I have met fifteen. It was disappointing to see James uh, David uh, David Johnson. I was going to say David Robinson. Wow, Um, (laughs) David Johnson. um, You know, running. You know, another one more route over the over Alvin Kamara last week, which is weird. Uh, But it is what it is. They they just want to have a committee there uh, in New Orleans. Uh, But this week against Cleveland, terrible weather. They might depend on the running game a little bit more. Uh, And you know, I can see Alvin Kamara getting twenty plus carries in this game.
2: And do you think this is solely a weather ranking? I mean, the way he's been playing has not been good, and you know the workload hasn't been there. No, do you think? This uh, is... Yeah,
1: I would say so. I would probably have Joe Mixon ranked above him. And, you know, maybe David Montgomery. You know, I have, I have them at 16 and 17. Montgomery, you know, I, I, the reason why I have Montgomery ranked this low is because of the fact that Khalil Herbert is probably back this week.
2: Yeah, that's true. Um, we had him ranked lower. Did we not have David Montgomery ranked lower than 17 last week? I, I don't, um, I'm my sure. memory might be completely clouded, but probably, I probably, you know, because like we had, because
1: I liked, I liked <laughs> Etn more. I had Miles Sanders up there. Uh, we had Pacheco higher. I hit ranked above him. And it's mm-hmm. really because of the matchups. And, you know, it was just a different situation last week, right?
2: Yeah. But Alvin Kamara, I want to say I trust him here. I think this might be ranking him at his ceiling. Like I said, I don't think it's going to be a high scoring game and the weather won't be, you know, really conducive. And if they keep using David Johnson, you know, and Alvin Kamara is going to get his snaps cut. I'm not sure I like that as much to put him right behind James Conner, who's probably going to have a massive workload. You know, I mean, I know Joe Mixon had his work cut out a little bit too by Samajai Ryan, but I kind of like Joe Mixon more, you know, the way that these offenses have been playing. And Alvin Kamara just hasn't looked like himself in the cold. I wonder if that's going to change. We've seen Alvin Kamara do his thing on Christmas weekend before. That was two years ago um, with a much different offense. So I think that maybe I'd be leaning Joe Mixon over Alvin Kamara, even though the weather – um does kind of suggest run run heavy this week
1: yeah it's just a good matchup for alvin kamara you know what i mean like cleveland has been absolutely terrible defending running backs um so that's why i have alvin kamara at 15 and i I think i'm going to stick with that and you know joe mixon you know not a good matchup against new england in new england on top of that samaji piran is cutting way too much into his workload uh so i don't trust joe mixon at all this week um i'm still starting him as a solid rb two. But, you know, I I, I think I, if I had to guess, I would say that Alvin Kamara probably has, like, you know, a good handful more touches uh, than Joe Mixon in this game. All
2: right. That makes sense. We'll David
1: see. Montgomery, you know, I would I would probably have David Montgomery over Kamara this week, you know, if Khalil Herbert wasn't coming back this week. That, that's my yeah. only thing with him. However, I still think he has a solid floor. You know, in this game, you know, in Chicago, it's going to be a bad weather game. David Montgomery uh, David Montgomery can still get some volume and on top of that I think he's good for like a good amount of targets in this game he has no weapons right now Claypool's banged up Mooney's out obviously so Justin Fields is going to look for somebody and in a bad weather game he might be checking it down a lot right to yeah. David Montgomery uh, especially if it's windy and it is windy in that game so I think Montgomery will be fine this week against Buffalo. Not a matchup that I'm necessarily super, you know, scared of or anything like that. We saw, you know, Raheem Mostert this past week do his thing um yeah. against against Buffalo.
2: Yeah, I'm not worried about David Montgomery either. And you're right. He's like the only weapon really in this offense right now outside of maybe Cole Komet, but he had a quiet day last week and we're not sure what kind of contributor he's going to be on a week to week basis. I, I like David Montgomery in this matchup. Even though Khalil Herbert is coming back, um Justin Fields is obviously looking you know to get the ball to somebody who can do something with the ball. And Dave Montgomery's like we said, really the only guy that can do that. He did have that receiving touchdown last week, and that was against a, that was a pretty tough matchup against the Eagles. I mean, the Eagles aren't you know fantastic against the run, they haven't been the past couple of weeks, but I, I think that David Montgomery, even against Buffalo, it's the same almost the same situation. You know, it's, it's probably gonna be cold. Uh, David Montgomery should have a nice enough workload that he has that solid floor, like we said. And with Khalil Herbert playing, that's kind of what we had. This is kind of where we had him, you know, when Khalil Herbert was playing earlier in the season. Um, just a solid floor play, the upside isn't necessarily the same with Khalil Herbert playing, but he's definitely startable. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.